the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So, they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So, he began teaching them many things. NIV. The Protestant work ethic is a real thing. Although the German sociologist, Max Weber, coined the term, the idea has been around since the Reformation. Since I'm an old white Protestant minister with Northern European heritage, I can testify firsthand that phrases like quiet place, get some rest and solitary place aren't in my tribe's vocabulary. The typical understanding of sin in the Protestant work ethic is laziness, sloth, procrastination, and disorder. Heck, even sleeping and eating are viewed more as necessary evils than healthy practices. Hard industrious work is considered a high value. All other activities fall underneath it. So, it is not surprising that today's gospel lesson rarely gets attention from anybody, especially with people who share my heritage. Yet, there it is in Holy Scripture for all to read. And I can't think of any better or sage advice to give my fellow Protestant Christians as get some rest. Having heard my share of folks, after me insisting they practice some self-care, say goofy things like, I'll have plenty of time to rest when I die, I now go full frontal retort with my own words that go something like, and that death will happen a lot sooner than you think, if you don't obey the Lord through solitude and rest. Moving from guilt to grace. Although I know better, I often find myself burning the candle at both ends. It's far too easy for me to forget eating lunch because of work. And I sometimes catch myself wanting to justify to others the reason for putting my feet up for a few minutes. Make no mistake about it, the Protestant work ethic is mostly motivated by guilt, not grace. Perhaps we need to say the phrase of Jesus out loud, using several different versions of the Bible. Go ahead. Say the following, slowly. Gently. As if Christ Himself were speaking directly to you. Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. NIV. Come, let's take a break and find a secluded place where you can rest a while. TPT. Come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. NRSV. Come with me privately to an isolated place and rest a while. NET. Let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. NLT. Greater than let's go to a place where we can be alone and get some rest. Greater than. Greater than Jesus, Mark 6:31. Sev. I want us to see what a gracious invitation we are being extended by our Lord. This is the same Lord who said. Come to me, all you who are struggling hard and carrying heavy loads, and I will give you rest. Put on my yoke and learn from me. I'm gentle and humble. And you will find rest for yourselves. My yoke is easy to bear, and my burden is light. Matthew 11:28-30. Seb. At odds with Christian discipleship. It is high time we see that much of the Protestant work ethic is at odds with Christian discipleship. Although the ethic rightly lifts the need for faith to be expressed in diligence, discipline, and frugality, it elevates hard work as a visible sign of God's grace. So, ironically, people end up working their tails off to prove the grace in their lives. And it has created a false self for many who are fearful of being seen by others as slothful and irreligious. For example, I once had an elderly parishioner who often told me how little sleep she got, the part-time job she held, and the many volunteer opportunities she regularly engaged. I thought it odd that an older person could truly do so much without much rest. And my hunch proved spot on. Turns out she fudged on how many hours she really worked and slept, sometimes outright lying to me. 
this lady felt compelled to prove to me, her pastor, that she was on the straight and narrow, doing the things a good Protestant Christian does. What is sad about this is that the stories are multiplied with many other dear people obsessively relating to me untrue facts about themselves so that I will accept and affirm their superior religiosity expressed in hard work. However, the axis of the world does not spin on effort and working harder but on grace and love. Behind all the posturing and continually striving for an almost superhuman work ethic are terribly insecure folk who need to rest in the grace of God and Christ. Embracing both work and rest. None of this is to say that work is somehow bad. No, work is inherently good. Adam and Eve were placed in the Garden of Eden to work it and tend to it. We need not denigrate work to emphasize rest. Whereas you might doth protest that younger generations today have no idea what hard work is, I will push back by saying they intuitively see the foolishness of the Protestant work ethic and want to steer clear of it. Millennials, I argue, are ready to roll up their sleeves and work hard. They just need a bit of direction from us older generations. And that guidance cannot be in the form of disparaging them. Rather it needs to be gracious, forging real mentoring relationships which are helpful. So, let's get a hold of what Jesus did, he worked, yes, worked, to get his disciples to a place of rest and refreshment. Christ wanted nothing to do with compulsively working without proper care of body and soul. Rest must come before work. We do well to follow his example. Be present, O merciful God, and give us refreshment through the anxieties of the day and the silent hours of the night so that we who are wearied by the changes and chances of this fleeting world may rest upon your eternal changelessness, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.